<laughs> Welcome to Herp Talk Radio. I'm your host, Matthew. And with yeah. me... And I am... Pe- <clears throat> Excuse me, I am Peggy. <laughs> oh. Well, <clears throat> Peggy, anything new going yes. on over there? Oh, just having to separate more little piranha turtles from one another so that, you know, uh, you know, I've got another nipped tail and, you know, and just, uh, and today it was in the seventies here. Finally, I was able to get the turtles outside just for a little while till a, a nasty storm blew through, but, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm getting positive. I'll, you know, our, our nights are still dropping down to 40 degrees and uh so still can't put them out for 24 7 but uh, <laughs> that's my turtle news <laughs> oh yeah, then it, it uh, was super nice today today was yeah. the first day that we felt real sun i think <laughs> yeah. in about six yeah. six months so yeah. it was nice i got a i got a little little burn going on oh my little itty bitty one but <laughs> i'm so happy about it you don't even know <laughs> <laughs> you got your vitamin D's. Oh yes, <laughs> and my melatonin. I'm gonna be sleepy tonight. Oh, nice. and we're starting like super late anyway. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Oh, what about your news? Well, uh, let's introduce our guest first tonight. Okay. Tonight we have uh, Nathan Katz of Cats Reptiles. Um, you know, usually I give the whole well. How did you get your start? But we're going to go back to me on my monologue real quick. Because um, I think you might have more things to say on, on my monologue. Um, so, April, I listened to, let's start with, I listened to uh, NPR last night, uh, Morelia Python Radio and their burnout episode, which I was already feeling not super motivated when I, I started that, which that episode helped. Anyway, this month has been, this last month was just terrible. I have been trying to up or render a podcast in DaVinci Resolve to upload to YouTube for eight days now. Um, it has gotten to 65%, 65%. I did a couple of things, 75%. I got to 86% as of this morning on my lunch break, and it quit. Oh. So whenever that's done, I'll, <laughs> I'll have what should have been our 16th episode, but will now be our 17th episode, um, out for everybody. And then you got you to gotta throw in the Florida stuff going on, uh, which is why we have Nathan on tonight, a part of it. I also really want to talk about retics, but... We'll get there. Um, The situation down in Florida of the FWC going in to a keeper's house, killing one of his pets, the other animals he had registered through the state, he was in communication with the state the whole time. I'm not 100% up on the details, but this is what I'm gathering um, just in the short term. Anyway, this has made me debate even doing the podcast because it just it makes me i like my anonymity i'm a i'm a private person i i it just i like to go to the store and not have anybody know me that's that's what i like like 
I enjoy I enjoy my private time, if that makes sense to anybody out there. Um, so when I see government overreach coming in and attacking reptiles in general, it doesn't even matter. Just reptiles in general. That makes me want to go back, back to my anonymity and my privacy and just keep it all hush-hush. Uh, I mean, you know, I still got to sell snakes eventually on Morph Market, and but you can still not tell anybody and still sell snakes on Morph Market <laughs> in some aspects. So, yeah, uh, I, as long as you're an ethical breeder, but right, we'll right, get into that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I, I'm sure that situation has impacted other people and made them feel like they don't want to maybe not even keep reptiles anymore because of the fear involved um i don't know what your feelings were nate and and i i listened to your podcast on it afterwards uh in pieces mind you and i don't listen to podcasts in pieces i sit up down and i do them all at once mm. i i couldn't do it um <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah no and you guys did a great job with it but just the emotion involved if i get involved i'm going to be completely consumed and it will not be good it will be my day job to go through things that i shouldn't even be going through and don't even matter and aren't going to help the situation at all because i'm going to get so deep in it it's it's not worth it so i am going to give this one podcast to the, the FWC and the rest of the time we're going to try to continue with evergreen content stuff that doesn't grow old and so, stuff that will stick around for time to come fair enough so that's my updates for the week it's been a <laughs> interesting last month we're back we're going to keep being back we'll, every week uh, I've got some plans to do some in person interviews uh, at the end of the month here. So more on that to come. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> unless anyone has anything to add. Uh, Nate. Yeah. How do you get started in reptiles? And why why retics? Like, those yeah. are two solid questions. I mean, uh, we, we had all sorts of animals growing up. Uh, mostly dogs, that kind of thing. But... Uh, I had a, a box turtle and uh, a couple uh, import iguanas in the early 2000s, late 90s. Those didn't make it very long. Um, and then kind of fell off of it for a while. I was always interested in snakes, but my parents were always on the uh, playing field of, you know, you can have them once you're out of our house. So, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of let my obsession with snakes die a little bit just since I didn't keep any uh, growing up. And then uh, shortly after I was done uh, with trade school, I uh, had a buddy of mine and he had some ball pythons, Had a Bur uh, ended up getting a Burmese. And uh, I didn't trust his friends to take the ball pythons when he wanted to get rid of them. So uh, I ended up taking them and that's what sent me down the rabbit hole again. Ball pythons are what's sending me down the rabbit hole again. <laughs> um, so, I get that. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I started my research. Uh, I think that friend uh, led me to Brian Barczyk. I watched his videos religiously for a long, long time, and uh, I believe he was the first one I ever heard talk about super dwarf reticulated pythons. And um, that that same buddy of mine who got the berm had always talked about wanting to retick, but kind of talked about them in more the old school wild caught terms that's wh what his understanding of them were um you know you get a retake they're just gonna pee poo and bite you <laughs> uh but a uh, little bit of education and some mentors later and i uh, end up getting the snake i thought he should never keep <laughs> <laughs> so uh you had mentioned super dwarf um mm. i am I am uh, the only snakes I've ever been into is what I can catch in my backyard and keep for a week and then or even you know just handle and immediately let go and those are garter snakes and lion snakes and some racers um, oh and uh, a, a really nice big um, uh, right can't even think of it now it's, it's the one ones that you have <laughs> the um, the the ones I have yeah the 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 yellow and black big ones that are here. <laughs> uh, the bull snakes. Yes, jeez. Um, Pitchophis are great. Pitchophis yeah. ai. Yeah, the yeah the I had a seven foot one that came out of a, a gopher hole. Um, but you had you had mentioned um, uh, the dwarf, uh, super dwarf. How small are super dwarf pythons? Yeah. So I mean, anyone who's not already aware of what they are dwarf and super dwarf are simply just a, a marketing term um they are from islands off the coast of indonesia where these animals migrated to and over time uh just the smaller genetics won out so there's several islands where some of the snakes range from about you know nine to oh, 14 feet i'd say and then you get some of the smaller stuff where you can get as little as you know five foot for the males six foot for the males and then all the way up to you know eight nine foot i would say for some of the smaller localities hmm. so See? that's that's turning something that's could be a complete giant and completely unmanageable to essentially a carpet python at the super dwarf level yeah a little heavier bodied i'd say but you know they're still very lean very athletic so not <laughs> not as heavy bodied as like a, a berm they're still super arboreal Oh yeah, yeah. The, the yeah, berm, berms have been well. Retics have been kept like berms too long. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here at home, I I really only deal with uh, the smaller of the localities, Kalatoa. Uh, there's another island, Karampa, that uh, produces similar sized animals. Uh, I don't do anything pure here. I'm working with uh, morph crosses, locality crosses. Uh, but largest female I have is about 10 foot and I think six or seven years old. What, what, uh, morphs are you working with? And, uh, so and... I'm heavily, I'm heavily invested into the snow project. So that's, uh, and albino, uh, just a double recessive project there. Um, let's see, I'm pretty heavy on my tiger stuff. I'm looking to kind of bottleneck that and just kind of stop working with that gene besides what's already in my collection. And then I'm working towards some 
super phantom stuff, so my all-white retic, and then cows in the future. Cows are super cool. Yeah. Are you are you saying cows? Yeah, yeah. cows. So they start <laughs> off white, and then they get uh, spots as they age, kind of like a dairy cow. Okay. They, they look like a yeah. They look like a cow. Oh. Okay. Kinda. So they they they're born almost uh, leucistic or albino, and then then they become piebald. Yeah. Wow. Well, not okay. necessarily piebald because it's more just spotting. Okay. <laughs> Google that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to Google that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my passion as far as the the morph projects go, and then making sure I'm keeping everything as small as possible, just because I feel like that is probably the best way forward with reticulated pythons. Um, we, we see legislature coming at them all the time since I've got into retics to now. Um, it's a little scarier now with some of the events that happened uh, just a couple weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, I, I think if, if we want to keep these things in captivity and you know, not have lawmakers come down on us, we have to show that we can responsibly keep these things and not many people can responsibly keep uh, 15 foot plus snake there are people that can do it and i more power to them but they're few and far between i know uh, in in speaking with our south dakota game fish and parks um they're not concerned about uh, the release of species that won't survive our winters it mm -hmm. seems and i assume that um utah is a lot like that um uh in areas um but it's i think it's way too hot in the summer too They'd either, yeah. they'd either cook or, or freeze out. Yeah, and so they're they're not, you know, they're they're more concerned about the species that are released that could survive and then become invasive, is what they're telling me as you know as we go, you know, through the checklist of what should and should not be our laws. So it's interesting. Yeah, uh, Utah. I mean, I'm assuming it's pretty similar out there. I don't know if it's as lenient, but. Uh, Utah's pretty good with their reptile laws. You know, it's it's same same thing. We don't want anything that's going to be invasive into our streams. We have a lot of amphibians that we uh, have prohibited out here. Can't keep anything venomous, but that's most of the country. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. true. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So <laughs> is there is there any uh, any is there any breeding project you have that you are is is there one of your favorites that's i guess what i'm trying to pontificate here <laughs> I, I think the favorite's the one i'm working on currently um i'm working on a potential uh well why am i spacing uh, it's two days away from hatching so i'm excited but, uh, <laughs> I'm working with a phantom tiger male. Uh, he's 62.5% Kalatoa, so good small bloodline. Um, and then he was bred to my purple albino het anery. He's also potentially uh, het albino. His brother proved out het albino and a very long shot at a hidden, hidden anery gene. So potential for uh, phantom snows, but I'd be really happy with just some phantom albinos, phantom albino tiger. That would be super cool. Yeah. I'm going to have to get a hold of you after this. Anyway. <laughs> um, they're, they're on my list. I've only got two, two biggish snakes on my list. So. Hmm. 
Yeah. Super is this dope. is this before or after you move? <laughs> Both. Um, Both. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Uh, the, the, yeah. We're talking about eggs right now. We're not even. He doesn't even have them yet. <laughs> okay. Give me a few more hours. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I'm. I'm sure you could make it happen. <laughs> yeah. I. I know. I. I can never be a turtle breeder and try to find good or uh, you know good homes for the babies and even some of these rescues i'm trying to find a home for uh, a rescue that has a genetic um curve to her sternum that you know we don't want to release into the wild because i'm working with game and fish on on these releasing of the rescues and i i'm being picky you know it's like oh my kids want a turtle i go well are you going to help the kids take care of the turtle what type of setup do you have you know i mean that's how i mean i i could never breed animals to sell them because i don't trust people's animal keeping <laughs> i don't know and i i noticed that you in in a i, I watched a previous uh, interview um uh, that you know with you and and found that you feel the same way it's really you really quiz your you know uh, potential buyers i feel like with the keeping of super super large constrictors you have to be a little more than like if it was a sand boa you would think so but you know <laughs> i've i've heard of people just selling a, a mainland retic to a 13 year old at a pet Ooh. show or you know, Yikes. I've been at a pet store in uh, the East Bay Vivarium. Uh, it's one of the oldest pet mm -hmm. stores in the country. I was there just checking it out uh, on a trip, and I saw a guy hand a berm over to a, a young girl and was like, oh, yeah, it's not going to get that big, and was just really talking it down. And it's yeah. just, there, there's a lot of that that happens in our industry. And there's also a lot of animals that I have seen sold and never seen again. Uh, a good example is the clutch mates from my uh, purple albino girl that I bred. I don't know where any mm. of the siblings are. Wow. Um, Eric Lee may, but I mean, they don't get posted up. No one's talking about breeding them. It's a great bloodline, and it's, you know, it's just sad that some of those animals may not be around anymore. Yeah. So I, I would love to see my animals, and I've said this on the podcast many times, but 10, 15, 20 years down the road, that's that's the goal. That's what will make me happy. Now, and, and I, I like to put a caveat when I am, you know, finding someone who is a good home that will take this rescue. Um, I, 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 I've given a turtle away and I said, now contact me if you don't have time for it anymore. You want to, you know, you know, you want to fine you know it no longer fits your lifestyle and i never hear from them and then i hear oh yeah i just gave it away I'm like well why didn't you call me first <laughs> you know because uh i don't i don't understand that mentality it's like you know they promise you that they didn't move away they're still here why don't why don't they give you know those of us who say you know um you know seek me out first before you rehome it you know i i don't understand why they don't yeah, I don't know if it's a, a pride thing or if it's a, just being scared of the judgment, but yeah, I, I would agree that probably happens more often than not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's frustrating. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, that's, that's why I don't deal with rescues. I get asked all the time because 
not many people are the snake guy around, especially when you're teaching at a hair school. So you're always hearing about, you know, there's the snake, oh, there's this chameleon, whatever. And I'm just like, that sucks, but I, I can't take it. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah, I think... I think I was listening. I was listening to I think Fat Man, mm-hmm. and I think he said something along the lines of "You can't save every bearded dragon that you see on Facebook." There's PetSmart and Petco order twenty five thousand of them a year. Like, you you can't save all of those. There's no way. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. do I what think, you can. I think as a breeder, you kind of have to accept that as well a little bit. You know, you can do your due diligence the most you can but at the end of the day once you send that animal off it's out of your hands yeah now wouldn't wouldn't the pet stores take back the reptiles they sold to resell it i mean they're they're getting something practically for nothing i would assume um you know like you know what do the people do that they have to get rid of it no matter what Um, i i just don't know (laughs) uh do they let it go somewhere? Do they, you know, I, and I think that's a, um, a lot of the concern with the, the game fish and, you know, wildlife officers mm-hmm. is so many people, you know, they're, they're less apt to give away a dog or a cat, but yet they still do. What do they do when they need to move it and they, and no reptiles allowed in that apartment complex or something. And, you know, and then they can't find uh, a rehome. You know, that's, I think that is, you know, what's really, really hurting the reptile um, ownership and community is the discarded pets. And, you know, how do we solve that problem? You know, they, they think the way to solve it is you just outlaw it. That's the easy, simple fix. But, you know, what do we do? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, especially with Florida, that's that's what's leading to the problems that we saw a few weeks ago. I mean, it, Hurricane Andrew back in the day that wiped out a few breeding facilities and let these berms out. I'm sure there were berms released, but it's more just, you know, berms escaping from the, the hurricane that populated the Everglades. And then just because they're a large constrictor, every other large constrictor gets lumped into that category and laws are made. So... Uh, Florida, everyone knows, is kind of the standard of what happens in our reptile keeping. So what we see out in Florida can very well trickle down into the, the rest of the U.S. So I think that's why everyone's so concerned with what's happening out there right now. I, I would agree. Yeah. And I feel, I said this in a private message to a listener, but I feel like the reptile, and I've said it to Peggy, but I feel like the reptile community is just the test community there's there's another there's another bigger community that they want to go after but the reptile community is the easy quick test one to see how we can that's my thought but that might be a little far just the pet industry in in general or i think farming and ranching is a little in trouble as well along with the pet industry um well, U.S. Arc fought what twenty-five laws this year that would outlaw rodeo. You can't tell me that like they're coming. 
they're coming for somebody else. And I think we're just the test market, man. I think we're just that, that, oh, okay, these, these are the redneck pissed off people, you know, the snake people, when you piss them off, they get all rednecky, kind of, if that makes sense. Um, some of them. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know what I, I mean. What, I get what you're you, saying. You know. Rah, rah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to offend anybody, but we do. We get, yeah. yeah, come take my snakes. You'll see my gun. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's how it is. <laughs> so I think, I think it's the test market for other markets that are, oh, come mess with me. You'll uh, get my gun. I think it's the test market because it's the easy one. It's the I first easy it, one. The exotic animal thing i know they want to clean up you know people owning big cats you know the tigers and cougars and and all that stuff which you know they don't stay cubs and then they hurt people you know <laughs> and uh they, they don't provide a decent habitat for something that big you know they're they've been coming after the you know the exotics you know for quite a while and I've been made aware that uh, there are very strict laws on uh, owning big cats now. It's not as easy yeah. as it used to be. So mm -hmm. I believe right. last year they passed something pretty major. Yeah, yeah I think you, you. I think you have to be AZA accredited to own a big cat now. Yeah, you should. Which, yeah. which no, which is fair. You should have to be displaying the animal in some public fashion, and you should have to be caging it to the AZA standards. Yeah, like, or at least some. It, it AZA is top of the line, but you know you could go ZAA or something right below it, mm -hmm. just some sort of standard system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but it, well, you know we had that tiger escape from the the, the big cat sanctuary near Spearfish, and I think it happened twice. They had you know the extra large cat ex escape, and you know it's uh, you know and I, I visited there. You know the they did I used not, to go there as a kid. Yeah, and they, they, you know, their habitats were not as, to me, they didn't look as secure as... Um, no, but they weren't a zoo or an accredited right. institution. They were a rescue who got the big cats off of some guy who had them in an apartment building in New York, and that's how they got them. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> and that... And then should that person have to be AZA accredited? That's... Uh, like they're trying to help an animal out, <laughs> well, yeah. you know. So it's it's laws are hard, man. Most laws are that hard. Some of this stuff could be taken by a case by case yeah. basis. There's definitely, like I said, not everyone's meant to own a retic. Definitely not everyone's meant to own a big cat. But I'm sure there's people out there that are passionate enough that can make it happen. Right. Right. Well, and then the you know then the the game and fish got really upset that you know three foot. Um, koi were showing up in Stockade Lake, <laughs> you know? and you know it's like you know what do we do? You know it's like they couldn't find a home for a three foot, you know goldfish, <laughs> you know? and and so they just dump it in a nearby lake, and, and it's yeah, you know it's it it affects, I mean so that type of behavior affects you know the the responsible people. You know, like I've, I've kept turtles for nearly my whole life and I don't turn them loose without contacting game and fish and saying, you know, I rescued this, you know, it's a native species, you know, what vet can I use to health check it so I can re, you know, re-release it. They caught it, you know, a year ago at, you know, so-and-so lake. 
And so, I mean, that's, that's how, you know, you, you know, you release things, you know, you, you get a health check and, you know, from the a certified reptile vet. And then, and that's what I'm going through now with um, about to release nine or 10. I can't, I got to count <laughs> um, Western painted turtles that were rescued last year. Um, not, um, not from people discarding pets, but from road rescues, um, slightly injured, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, and now, you know, I've got the nine or 10 ready to release and I'm working with game and fish and which vet's going to health check them before they release. And, uh, you know, it's just, how do we, you know, I, I think that networks have to be built that, um, you know, where people can rehome easily, um, animals that, you know, they can no longer maintain or keep. And that's where the reptile, you know, and pet industry needs to, you know, you have pet finder that you can list reptiles on, but I think there, um, people don't even know that, you know, I've, I've been contacted, you know, I want a box turtle. And I said, and I want to adopt one. Do you have a rescue for me? I said, no, I don't. Um, but check with pet finder. There are box turtles on pet finder that are rescues and, you know, and possibly in your area, um, you know, or check Facebook lists on, but there, there just really, really needs to be an aggressive, more aggressive way for people to rehome their pets, I think. And, and that would solve a lot of the problems that concern, you know, the wildlife, um, you know, uh, game fishing parks in all those states and that would really behoove the reptile industry. Yeah, I think the other big threat that we have right now, at least in my eyes, and uh, something we've been talking pretty passionately about is uh, just ethical keeping and breeding. Um, there's been some big breeders of reticulated pythons, uh, one in particular that some pictures have been uh, circulating around of just his facility and the condition of all the animals. Um, we're talking animals dying and rotting away in cages some of the worst health issues you've ever seen just big abscesses uh ris you name it it's there um even you know uh, other exotic animals that are suffering so i think ethical keeping is going to be big going forward just to make sure that we don't have any more legislature passed um i'm really concerned about if these pictures do make it to the public eye how far they go. Um, mm -hmm. FWC's Holy Thursday Massacre almost looked a little bit light in comparison to some of these pictures that we were seeing. So um, ethical keeping is huge going forward. If, if you don't have a passion and completely love that animal, you're just in it for the money and you're just running a mill, it's time for you mm -hmm. to get out. Yeah, and luckily we have new management at Morph Market, and we have USR you well USR working on it, but Morph Market took this breeder down. Uh, he's not he's not allowed to sell on that platform anymore, no. along with a handful of others. So hopefully that's enough to kind of force people out that shouldn't be in. But we'll see. Uh, I I really hope that you know it doesn't get to a point where PETA has to get involved. Because, mm -hmm. you know, you were talking earlier about farm animals 
being next or being on the list. It's it's all animals. It, yeah, no, he, he doesn't yeah. want us to keep any animals. It's a hundred percent lobby hard. Yeah, I, I think South Dakota, when it comes to farm and ranch, you know, we're pretty safe in this state because that is, you know, you know, our biggest industries. You know, um, I know for, uh, you know, like uh, the Buffalo Ranch, Wild Idea Bison. <clears throat> the way they keep um, their bison and, and regenerate the prairie and then have, you know, better grazing year round because of how they manage the herds, that could be more applied and more cattle ranchers are moving that way um, on, uh, on, on how to regenerate their grazing lands more and keep the animals you know, non-confined. And then their meat is more filled with um, omega-3 rather than omega-6 inflammatory compounds. And so it benefits the consumer and it benefits the, the life of the animal and they're, they're harvested in the field. And it would benefit the ranchers if they were to direct sell the meat instead of going through like the say of Tyson Foods, which then the ranchers hardly get anything and Tyson Food makes all the profits. So mm -hmm. South Dakota and, you know, and the like, you know, we could redo agriculture so that the ranchers make more and the consumers are more healthy. And I think a lot of that sort of, how do we improve the industry um, when it comes to animal husbandry so that it's, it's beneficial for all involved, the animals, the breeders, the consumers. And, you know, when you look at it and, and it seems like us arc is, is, you know, that's how they're working, you know, to benefit the whole, you know, um, you know, the, the, the animals, the, you know, the, the environment, the keepers, the breeders, um, you know, they see the whole picture is what I'm trying to get at. And they do, but they, I think one of my issues, I don't really take issue with us arc, but one of my issues with how it's run is, you know, we're working on legislature all the time. Uh, and we need to really be aggressively working within the industry as well. Mm -hmm. um, keepers and breeders, I mean, it's just to the point now where we're starting to see U.S. ARC thinking about uh, helping police the industry. Um, this mm -hmm. is the first example I've ever seen of them trying to get involved and, you know, do right by the animals. So I, I think we need to see more of that in the future. We need some sort of self-policing in this industry to keep going. So mm -hmm. I, I hope U.S. Arc is there for us. Yeah. Yeah. We're still a super young industry, too. So we're not quite as developed as others. Um, so I think that kind of plays a role in, well, all of it. Like how far <laughs> back we are. Yeah, all of it. Um, okay. <laughs> From here on out, this is a family-friendly <laughs> podcast, but from here on out, uh, it might not be. <laughs> I'm just going to give you that, okay? So we're going to get into some serious yeah. topics. We're going to yeah. discuss some serious things. And if you have your kids listening and you don't want them to hear about these serious things, now would be the time to turn off. Other than that, let's just have our normal show. <laughs> All right. Say what? <laughs> I just want to, I don't know. I put family friendly in the Instagram and we don't really cuss here. So 
<laughs> uh, I don't, I'm I don't a teacher, know. so I, I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, 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 get, I'll get passionate, but I won't get... Uh, yeah. Too, too well, the last live we did, we had Scott Borden on. And <laughs> that, well, I Scott Borden's so. not super family-friendly. <laughs> nice language. guy. He's, just, uh, he's awesome. I like him. Yeah. Just, <laughs> he's very affirmative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so let's talk about this. Um, do you want to give us a rundown, Nate? I'd, uh, you're more... I'd love to talk on it, but when I research it, I just see red. So yeah. I can't. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm probably gonna misspeak a little bit. Um, I'll try to be as accurate as possible. But uh, so I think the best resource for researching this would either be through New England Reptiles videos or uh, Intrepid Exotics put out a lot. I think it was like four or five different parts talking about the ins and outs of what happened with Chris Koff. Chris Coffey and Bill McAdams and their facility. Um, so, um, timeline, that's where I'm going to get a little foggy. Um, back when the reticulated pythons and Burmese pythons were taken from a conditional species um, animal to a prohibited species animal uh, was when Chris Coffey was first faced with uh, having to liquidate his animals. So he liquidated, uh, from what I understand, a uh, hundred or two of his berms, retics, any of the constrictors that were under the prohibited species. Um, he was able to get rid of all but the 35, that, or 34, I guess, that are in that video. Um, <clears throat> and when he realized that his uh, time was up he called FWC to try to get guidance on what he was supposed to do with these animals because they had visited him already and made him sign those animals over to FWC um, but still maintain care and maintain health of the animals and until uh, you know they were able to figure out, figure out the situation um, when he called for guidance and I also believe there was a, a retic caught either that week or that day, um, 15 miles from his house. That was a big news story. Um, they decided to visit Chris. Uh, he called to try to get more time and to see what he was supposed to be doing with these animals. Uh, they showed up with the intent of either uh, issuing citations or... Uh, I don't even know if they were citations. They might have just... Uh, been felonies. I think they were. Yeah, I, I think they were talking about jail. Oh, not man, just. I. Not yeah, just. I think it was two counts per snake. Um, and if you've seen the body cam footage that uh, New England Reptile has released, you can see when Chris is uh, confronted with these situations, and it happened the first time he was visited. That's why he signed over the animals. Um, he was scared of jail time. He didn't want to be a criminal. None of us want to be a criminal. Uh, yeah. We want a clean record. We want to be doing right by the animals, and we we want to be doing right by the laws for the most part. I've only seen a handful of people that just have blatant disregard for uh, reptile laws and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. 
So they gave him the option of you take these felonies or we euthanize these animals. And yeah. uh, I, from my understanding, they wanted to euthanize the animals out in the parking lot. And Chris uh, did not want that to happen. Didn't think anyone else should be subjected to the, the act that they were going to perform. Um, and then they asked Chris to help pull out the animals and assist in euthanasia because they did not feel comfortable with large snakes or snakes in general. Um, so in the video, you see them uh, right after Chris decides, I, I believe he helped with the first one and just couldn't take it. Um, and so for records and just because something fell off to him, he set up a camera. They knew the camera was there. They allowed him to set up the camera. And he filmed as they went through his collection and uh, took, I don't know what they, they call it, but the bang stick, the bolt gun, whatever you want to call it. But they uh, euthanized the animals um, very inhumanely. Um, On only one step of their own two-step process. I have a problem with that. So, yeah, it's a two-step process, right? And even the second step doesn't make it any more... Uh, no, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, it's still an awful way to euthanize a captive animal. Um, if you're going to euthanize a captive animal, you should be able to, you know, uh, give it some actual, you know, sedation before you end its life. Uh, right. And I would prefer if I had to euthanize any of my snakes that a bolt gun wasn't taken to its head. Um, yes, the second step, they were supposed to scramble the brain in some some form with... They, they suggest a screwdriver on their website. Um, and because they didn't do that, you see snakes writhing around in pain in, in the background in the video. And they're just discarded in the back, just tossed aside. Um in the video um, and in the body cam, you can hear Chris telling them about the boa constrictor in question. They are very aware of what cage it's in. It has a big red tag on it. Um, and uh, I don't know why it doesn't get brought up more. Donnie um, from New England Reptile in the first video, um, when they're about to take that boa constrictor out, you can see the, the first officer who was looking at that cage kind of here at the at the label all it would take is simple reading comprehension to see that that was a boa constrictor uh, minus the the previous warnings that chris had given him uh, the boa constrictor as many know was gravid and had a bunch of babies uh, anywhere from seventy five thousand to a hundred thousand dollars worth of babies on um, and in the video, you see them immediately acknowledge their mistake, and they, you know, panic. Uh, yeah. I no. don't know if panic is quite... I, it's a light panic. So they weren't... Uh, I, I didn't know the... No, that was his pet, or it wasn't even on the list? or so what? Yeah, Those are completely legal, 100% legal to keep in, in Florida. And so, and he wasn't there to say and tell them this. He was. Or? He was. He was, a, he was around the corner because he could not handle what they are doing to his animals. He he couldn't, and mm -hmm. I couldn't either. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't know how he even dealt with the noise. Uh, 
Chris is going to need so much more help than just beyond just beyond legal help here. So he didn't even know they were grabbing that the boa out. No, um, they they grab the boa out, they execute it. Um, they then they continue to kill animals. Uh, I don't know how many animals before they decide to own up to their mistake. They go around the corner, and I uh, can hear the cops kind of discussing who's going to break the news to Chris. And they're like, listen, you just got to tell him straight up. And they do. And Chris reacts how, I mean, better than I would have reacted. I just said, I warned you 10 times about that animal. That's a boa constrictor. That's completely legal to keep in here. And you just killed a hundred thousand dollars worth of babies. Wow. And then they just keep saying it's a mistake. It's a mistake. And they ask if there's anything they can do to save the babies. They're asking if they could cut out the babies. And it's like, you know, there's no, there's no saving the babies at this point. And it wasn't his snake. That was Bill McAdams snake. So that's his business partner. Um, so Chris freaked out, uh, stormed out, said some expletives and threw some stuff around and walked out of the building. And that's, huge i i don't know that i could have composed myself that way mm, and then he he ended up making a call to bill mcadams who wasn't on scene at the time and had him come over to deal with the situation um Jeez. yeah I, I haven't been able to watch it at all i just couldn't i've stomached a bit i haven't gotten to the body cam footage i haven't watched the full video i don't care to mm -hmm. um I, I, uh, if here's watch, here's here's the two. I do two. think it's important to be educated and be aware of what the events were that day. Mm -hmm. Um, so I I know it's hard to watch, and these pictures that I was telling you about earlier from the other facility, they almost shadow what happened in Florida with how bad they are. But it's just. It, if if there's these kind of situations happening within our industry, we really need to be informed. We we yeah. I mean, right. If we didn't have this video, if if he didn't share it, and if it didn't get the traction it got, we wouldn't be. It'd still be happening, and no one would know. That we have to be able to fight some of these laws that are coming up in Florida mm -hmm. and coming up around the country. Yeah. Um, well, uh, so, you you mentioned it twice. Mm-hmm. And that is, they were too scared to handle the snakes. Mm -hmm. And then all this, all, all, all of the snakes had had cards in their thing. I'm pretty sure in that whole facility. And, and they're you, locked. They're microchipped. Yes, he had yeah. to microchip them per the state after yeah. the uh, so uh, the conditional species permit thing went through. So, so this isn't this isn't a snake issue here. This is a, this is the people enforcing the laws not having any freaking clue what they're doing or what they're identifying or what even is a retic versus a boa, because a twenty foot long snake and a ten foot long snake are two totally different things. A retic is an arboreal skinny snake, and a boa is a big fat arboreal snake. They have two totally different body shapes. Head shape is yeah. They're you should be able to tell these two snakes apart, no matter the paint job on them. They are completely yeah. different. One's a boa, one's a python. Like 
Not only that, there you can't. No due, tell. There was no due process at all. There if, was there was no chance for him to fight a case. He was mm. given two options, two awful options, and had to pick. Jeez. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. <clears throat> but the issue is the the education issue in the law enforcement. You shouldn't be enforcing laws you don't know or understand or have the capacity to know. And if you mm -hmm. cannot identify a snake, and you're supposed to be killing only X species, and you can't identify X species, then you should not be in in that position. Period. You shouldn't. Was, you shouldn't be put in that position. Yeah. So was that the only boa that was there? Sorry. No, there there were other boas in the facility. That was just, I I believe, one of the only boas in that uh, portion of that that room. Um. Mm. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I I don't know for sure on that, um, but I would imagine with Bill uh, having that animal for ten years, there were other boas in the facility. And they killed those two. No, no they just oh. killed the one pet boa, and then they uh, realized what they did. I, I I'm not totally convinced that they didn't have an idea of what was going on before they took that animal out just with how the an uh, officer looked at the tag the way they looked at opening it. the cage uh, yeah. that was my issue was the way they looked at it and then it was like bang oh whoopsies well, that's that kind of how it seemed the third officer on the scene was the one tasked with killing the snakes and had never done that before yeah. so his training was on on the spot with yeah. someone's pets. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Game and Fish, I think uh, there's one officer that they got rid of that was basically out of control. And Are you talking about FWC? Um, no, this was South, South Dakota. Dakota. Okay. Yeah, South Dakota Game and Fish. And um, they fired him. Um, he was going uh, you know, you know, going after people for protecting themselves and livestock from wildlife, which they were completely in law to do. And he wanted them to be, um, you know, you charge them with massive fines and, and poaching. And, and he goes, I, you know, like stopping a cougar from killing your animal or, you know, killing um, a buck that was spearing you with its antlers. I mean, it was just like, you know, what, what is wrong with these guys? You know, it's like we're supposed to protect and enjoy the wildlife. But if the wildlife attacks, you have every right to protect yourself and your animals. And this guy like, no, no, you know, he killed it and he didn't have a license to kill it. And it wasn't the season. He had to go to the hospital because the antlers had speared his gut. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, yeah. And so, um I don't know if they would have fired that guy had it not been for the huge public outcry. Um, a lot of them goes, no, he's a he's a bad seed. We got to get rid of him. But it's yeah, it's just unbelievable. Unfortunately, uh, Florida FWC is more about paving Florida and about the money that development brings in. That's that's mm -hmm. a great point to bring up and, almost uh, everyone in the higher-ups of fwc has some connection to real estate and development oh my <clears throat> which if you're in a conservation uh 
status or like you're in a you're in a conservation uh seat you you shouldn't be in <laughs> yeah. development especially in somewhere like florida you're not. you yeah. are currently paving over the areas where these animals live yeah <laughs> quite literally so what kind of conservation is that when you're directly contributing to what's killing the natural wildlife yeah and and that's my my beef as you know as an artist and you know joel being an artist too and uh we're both in galleries and stuff and and you know a lot of artists pay a lot of money to come and see a record you know animal and you know all the, the hospital stays and their camera equipment they buy but Yet they'll like, oh, we have this world record animal here. <clears throat> let's let's uh, auction it off so one person can go out there and shoot it, and then then the animal's gone. Rather than allow it to stay there and have photographers from all over the world increase our tourism to come in and photograph that animal in its majesty. It's Croxilla like down in Florida would be a good example of that. Well, we we had a world record bighorn sheep that was unbelievable and i've i'm going to paint him live you know because you know we can't photograph him anymore but it's like you know they they only have you know this mindset that they don't consider the whole picture you know it's like yeah you know there there are surplus animals that need to be killed and harvested so they don't um destroy their habitat you know Absolutely. i you know but why don't you save the world records, you know, not for just one hunter to hang on his wall, but for hundreds of, uh, of photographers to come and say, you can, you know, this is a type of animal to come and see in South Dakota and enjoy your hiking and camping and, <clears throat> you know, and fishing here, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's just maddening. It's like, so you're taking the bet, the best and biggest out of the gene pool as a biologist. I'm like, well, that's stupid. You know? I mean, obviously, this animal has withstood a lot of the diseases which have killed the bighorn sheep, and it can pass on its genes of that resistance. But let's kill it instead of, you know, the smaller rams and bucks, you know, and bulls, um, you know, for meat and to keep the, the um, you know, the, the habitat in its most, most healthy you know, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my big beef as a geneticist. I just like, no, let's not take out the biggest, you know, so somebody can hang it on the wall. Let's take out, you know. Smitty you know, the... talks about that all the time <laughs> on his podcasts. You'll find like a big, huge rattlesnake or something or see one dead and he'll be like, why? That mm -hmm. thing had survived for like 20 years out there to get mm -hmm. that size. Why? Yes. Yes. Well, what's really mad thing, Joel and I have saved animals off the road. Just see these tourists pull away and here's this rattlesnake in the road. So we're going to, you know, like, oh, good. They didn't run over it. So as we're moving it, we realize, oh, they cut off the rattles and let the snake go after they cut the rattles off for their souvenir. And it's like, did you get their license plate? <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> I, I was at the gym the other day and uh, someone noticed I have a, a portrait of one of my retics on the back of my arm and he asked me about it and uh, told me that he wasn't into snakes and then proceeded to tell me <laughs> about a story where he ran over a rattlesnake and decided to try to go pick it up and it was still alive and bit him on the thumb. 
$100,000 worth of Anavenom later, and he's still around, but I think learned his lesson, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we use um, poles to move them off the road. <laughs> it's uh, like... I mean, snake people and people that are educated should be moving these things if necessary. Yeah. Not, yeah. No one... That, that's how people get bit by rattlesnakes. It's yeah, either, I, I, yeah. It's men or people that are drunk trying to pick yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know how the, those tourists had, or whoever they were that, that mutilated the snake and let it go, how they had, what they had used to do that. And maybe they wanted some a rattler for a, a cowboy hat they just bought, you know. <laughs> uh, we, still have, we still have rattlesnake roundups that happen. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unfortunately not all wildlife is respected. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so, I mean... And I used to work for, you know, game and fish, but in the interpretive, you know, park setting, you know, not as a, a wildlife officer, you know, a enforcement, law enforcement wildlife officer, I guess you call them, you know, I, um, but, you know, I, I did turn in, you know, elk poacher and, you know, you know, you just come, you know, when you're out in the wilds, like Joel and I are a lot, you come across a bunch of stuff. <laughs> And, um, yeah, and, you know, and um, there's a, a new organization that says, um, we will pay you to turn in poachers and you will make more money than the poacher. You know, and this guy that I turned in had two sets of elk uh, antlers in velvet, you know, um, right before they start to shed so he's got the maximum rack on and they were huge bulls he must have killed and so i took down his light you know i saw the truck go by took down the license plate these huge elk you know antlers and velvet were were there and and they caught him and they put him in jail and they find him and you know and now they've got like uh yeah you know um you know they they reward poachers more handsomely now and so it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's maddening, <laughs> you know. Um, one of my friends, you know, had said, uh, this preacher goes, I like being a preacher, except I just don't like having to put up with the people. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and I go, well, you, you try, <laughs> okay. And I said, well, you try being a, uh, you know, a, a wildlife biologist out there and you really get upset with a lot of people. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah, upset <laughs> with a lot of people, I am. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, other than the, I think I've only seen their one statement. Has, has there been anything else? I literally did not get on Instagram or Facebook for like two weeks. Right. Uh, I messaged I'll Peggy right now from what I'm aware of. Um, it's just the one. It's just the one. And they really don't add much substance at all. Um, now I had none. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I, I do want to touch on that a little bit just because they they say they're investigating the situation and that they are inundated with uh with comments on their on their Facebook um, <laughs> or on all their social media, and I, I also know that they've been deleting comments to try to get 100%. ahead of this. Um, 
so one thing that they did that kind of upset me and a lot of people was they tried to kind of smooth the situation over by saying, oh, hey, also, um, while we're looking into this, we want to let you know that we arrested one of our officers. One of our officers had uh, some child pornography uh, found on his computer, and he is he's no longer part. So he, here's here's their statement. We would like to take a moment over social media to address the numerous comments we've received regarding two incidents which occurred recently involving our agency. Last week, FWC officers and investigators euthanized a boa constrictor while complying with a captive wildlife facility owner's request to euthanize relinquish invasive unpermitted <laughs> prohibited pythons at his facility. Yeah. So, mistake number one. He he did not request for them to come out and euthanize his animals. They showed up and gave him two options, jail time or have all those animals euthanized in front of him, and they wanted him to help with the euthanization. So, they're already misleading there. Mm -hmm. um, this mistake is being taken seriously, and we are examining our procedures to ensure similar events like this don't happen again. Um, and then they released a full statement. I'm not going to go over that, just what they posted on social media. Uh, <clears throat> not much of substance to the full statement. You're getting more of the same. Uh, this week, one of our officers was arrested. The officer resigned prior to termination by the FWC. We find these charges reprehensible and will continue to fully support and cooperate with the investigation. So, uh, another bit of misdirection, and I'll tell you why in a second. And then their last statement is, our staff remains dedicated to the conservation of Florida's natural resources, which is the biggest lie that they put in uh, that statement. We've already talked about their special interests and how they don't align with conservation at all. But uh, the officer that was arrested for the child pornography um, had nothing to do with this incident at all. It was just a, he, he was a, a Ponzi. It, it was mm. just, here you go. Have yeah. One. But uh, that's not what we're looking for. No. We, no, we no. want real, real change. Uh, at, at the state level as far as FWC goes. Uh, the people that are running FWC certainly shouldn't have any special interests in uh, development within Florida. They should be solely uh, focused just on conservation, making sure that Florida has some of its natural resources yeah. available yeah. while it's sinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, why uh, couldn't they give, you know, why couldn't they give a person in that position an extension? I mean, it. He could have know? moved the animals. That's the thing is he had a, he, he had a whole, they had him take care of the animals for almost a whole year, over a year. Mm -hmm. It's in that time range, in the year range where the state owned the animals. He could not sell them. He could not move them. Nothing. Well, and stupid. he was just in a limbo yeah, after yeah. he already I, sold most of it. I believe it was a 90-day uh, time period. I could be wrong. It, it was either a 90-day time period or he was 90 days past the time period of when he could have sold the animals. Uh, I think mm. you're right on the 90-day time period to sell the animals. Yeah. But, so he, and, and we heard from Alan Bosch, you know, it's like, you know, he trusted his collection to somebody in, you know, in his move and... 
and it was a horrible situation. He goes, you know, someone he thought he could trust within this, you know, the industry, and and they greatly disappointed him. And so he, I, I assume this gentleman was faced with the same scenario. Well, it's not someone in the industry, though. Yeah. It's it's the government. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and this is yeah, the government it's, really. It's messed. not like hey. Nate, I'm uh, I'm getting out of reptiles. Here's my whole collection. Yeah, I know you'll be, take good care of yeah, it. This wouldn't be like me sending my snakes out to Lucas, going, "Hey, I I know you you care for reticulated pythons, so would you watch these for a little bit and can I have them back when they're done?" Uh, I actually had a buddy who uh, works with reticulated pythons just north of me, um, up in Wyoming, Idaho. I can't remember which state. Yeah, uh, man, we're all close. <laughs> you might be the closest person besides the locals we've had on, which really excites me because I was like, oh, yeah, uh, you're like 745. I'm like, oh, I don't even have to switch time zones or nothing. <laughs> Heck, yeah. This is the first podcast I've been on. I'm, I'm awesome. But, yeah, he, he uh, had to uh, let someone uh, take some of his animals for a short period of time. He was going to be taking them back eventually and when he asked for them back found out that they got sold from under him wow oh so yeah i mean it's it, it's a hard situation to trust anyone with your animals industry or not yeah. but when the government comes in and says uh give us your animals animals or we're taking you to jail that's that's kind of what you do and then the government owned them, but he couldn't do anything with them. So they were the government animals in his care. Essentially. The way I'm understanding the situation, which I'm knowledgeable. I just, I, yeah. Yeah, so go to prison, which, how are you going to take the animal, or take care of the animals at that point? And yeah. euthanize the animals. Like, you're not left with any kind of option no sort of legal recourse i mean there's there's legal recourse in the fact that they're trying to fight uh the prohibited species uh ruling and but you know he himself had no options that day uh, or the other day that they seized his animals and uh, claimed them as the government because he did jail time too didn't he before i don't I know that, thought, that, I that thought I'm they took aware. him. Okay. I thought I heard... In all the body cam stuff, I've seen he was very concerned about any charges, didn't want to be labeled a criminal. Yeah. Um, I'm talking before, yeah, like a yeah. year before or something like that. Yeah, anyway. I, I, I'm not aware on, on that front. Yeah. I, th I thought I heard something, but I don't know. Yeah. This is why I called you on, because I'm not the expert, and <laughs> yeah, I'd never I never mean, want to be. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it hurts me just as much as anyone else to watch that and to be involved with uh, talking about it. Uh, you know, those videos pop up daily um, yes, on, they my, do. on my feed. And if it's new information that's coming out, I'm, I'm reading it and everything. But, you know, every time you hear the pop of one of those uh one of the nail guns going off or whatever mm -hmm. they use to execute the bang stick uh, the, even the sound is awful mm -hmm. you know it, it it makes me recoil every single time that i hear it um 
it 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 sucks to watch. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a ton of vets who know how to humanely euthanize animals. Yeah, and uh, and, so if, the, the and if and if this was the a autopsy on the the boa big shirl, um, showed showed the penetration wound and, uh, you know, they did it on a concrete floor. They they were breaking the bang stick, in between, uh, killing these animals and having to. You know, reset the bang stick, make sure it was working properly again, and then going back, firing it right into the concrete. So it's, yeah, uh, it's it's. I don't know, man. It's it's. How so, how long did, did Florida give to anybody who had repics to, um, you know, to to rehouse them or to sell them or you know, move them out of state? Uh, how you know. Uh, for once, they passed the law. I think it was that ninety-day window. Yeah, I think it was just three, ninety three days. Ninety days, period. and he he moved hundreds of animals during that time. He found homes out out of state that could take these animals, and given more time, and given you know a little bit more information out to the public about what was going to happen to these animals if they weren't liquidated. These animals would have found homes within a few days. Yeah. There, there was no need for any of these captive animals whatsoever to be euthanized. Um, there was yeah. definite ways around it, definite legal ways around it, but the state just decided not to work with him. Uh, it could have been in response to that uh, reticulated python that was captured by... Uh, uh, a local teenager uh, a few days or I think it was even the same day maybe the day before but they they uh, the the keeper that uh, ended up catching that reticulated python in someone's backyard uh, she asked that they you know find it a good home and you know make sure that that it's taken care of and they did the same thing to that snake before they went over to Chris Coffee's facility mm. yeah I yeah, I, I don't understand. You know, we discussed it with Phil Wolf because I think... Because the Tegus are on in, in about the same area. Like, it was the same bill, right? Yeah. So we were talking Tegus about... Yeah, so we were talking about the Tegus because I remember there being, like, a place that would go out into the wild, get the Tegus, like, remove na nuisance Tegus, go out into the Everglades, collect Tegus, and then sell them into the public. Um, outside of Florida, and I and apparently that's done now, which I feel like would be very helpful in conservation in Florida and removal of species. But now you're getting rid of that option too. And and I'm not totally aware um, within the Tegu space about how they affect uh, the natural resources out in Florida. Obviously, the Burmese pythons are incredibly invasive and incredibly destructive to the habitat out there they've done a lot of damage uh so you know it's it's hard to really argue that one um but reticulated pythons there's not a breeding pair out in the everglades so so to lump those in and you know treat them the same it's almost the same as misidentifying that boa constrictor it's just it's not the issue yeah right well, and, and here I had just watched, um, you know, I, uh, 
I was, I was going to try and watch the video we were talking about. And I go, uh, no, I can't do that. And then what came up because of the search engine thing was <laughs> these cops misidentifying this guy that was just walking and they showed the perp that they were looking for, the, the maybe perp they were looking for. And he was caught on a, a, a door ring camera. And then they said, well, there's a guy that kind of matches the description. It, you know, minutes later, um, total different clothes than the picture that they had of who they were looking for. The, the guy that they cuffed right away was blonde. The guy that was on the, you know, the cam it was, you know, white dude, but dark hair. And it's like, how, why would you even approach this guy that's totally wearing the non, the total different clothes, total different color hair. You can tell they're not the same guy. And the guy goes, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? And it's like, you know, what is it about the, these converse, you know, um, these law enforcement conservation officers and law enforcement in particular, it's like, hello, <laughs> Do you right. have eyes? So, so this this goes into a big. I like that cops are here to protect me. I do not like cops who do not understand the law. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's 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 just that's just it. So yeah. And and misidentifying and things like that. So it all comes down to an education issue at the end training. of the day and training. a training which is education <laughs> yeah. education and training at the end of the day all the issues that you even see on the oh audit the cops youtube stuff and all of that all of that could be fixed mm -hmm. and we could be following the laws if everyone was trained properly to follow the laws and to know what they're what what they're identifying in in this case um, mm -hmm. with FWC yeah. anyway, um, or, you know, be able to track how many gopher tortoises they've killed and paved over. That oh, would be cool yeah. to know how many gopher tortoise habitats they've paved over. They mm -hmm. don't have that information. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they, uh, I think it was the day after, even the day of, uh, the Holy Thursday incident. Uh, they posted about uh, a save the manatee event. They've they've sprayed all the all the food for the for the manatees so that mm -hmm. they don't have anything to graze on anymore. Yeah, yeah. They have to have <laughs> they have to have these closed in pens where they're feeding them, mm -hmm. and that's not conserving our wild manatees at all and well and then even take into consideration all the boats and stuff that are chopping these things up in in the waters i mean right yeah it's, yeah there's so much more work that needs to be done and, <laughs> yeah. saying it lightly <laughs> well and and just it's it's structured so badly i mean mm -hmm. we talk about any kind of law enforcement you know there's definitely good eggs and bad eggs but any kind of position of power you're going to see people abusing that power and right. i think that's a little bit of what we saw that day for sure right and you know right. and the, and the thing that you know um i know that when i boil uh, all the pine needles that have fallen off my trees in my yard and then i spray them where most people spray roundup it kills 
every plant there, the terpenoids in the pine. You know, it kills the grass, it kills the weeds, so I don't have to spray Roundup, you know, that'll give me and my pets cancer. You know, and then the terpenoids degrade, they're biodegradable, and then, you know, you have to reapply. It's like, well, why, you know, I don't, I don't like having to boil all this pine to get this super neat and to spray in there. I would just assume that Dow Chemical sells this, you know, uh, natural pine spray, you know, rather than the, the Roundup, you know, and it's like a lot of us, you know, don't want to, you know, put a crab boiling pot on the stove to boil this stuff down. Why can't you do us, do it for us and sell us that? you know, rather than, uh, yeah, it's just, it's maddening. <laughs> it's, um, you know, they, they, they can't, um, copyright the pine, you know? Um, yeah. There's no money in keeping us healthy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause how could you sell big pharma? Yeah. They're all uh, in cahoots. Yeah, let's, let's start so, with the whole thing. <laughs> so the other issue with FWC then is like a normal law enforcement officer, like a county guy. I don't know if you have state police there, but we don't. We have county guys. Um, like a county guy has has people to answer to, like a, a local, uh, you know, DA, district attorney. Uh, they have to answer to, they have people that they have to make happy. And I, FWC has to make Rick DeSantis, or Ron DeSantis happy. And that's it, because that's who they answer to. They do not answer to anyone else except for the governor, as far as I'm aware. Well, that's kind of the like, way it is they don't, in our, in am our I state, right, too. Am I right, Nathan? That's uh, As far as I'm aware, that's, and, you know... From all of the outreach to Mr. DeSantis, I have yet to hear, hear of anyone who's had any response. No. No automated emails, n nothing. I, I know I haven't received a response. I've sent mm -hmm. five or six emails at this point. Probably should have sent more, but, you know, it, I'm we not can call. Back. I thought about it. I, I, when I called. I couldn't get through. They were like, it was so <laughs> They're just not answering. Oh, screw this. I'm done. There's no place to leave a voicemail. It's, yeah. That's bad. Oh, man. And see, see our, our game and fish all re replies um, to peer, you know, our capital. Oh. But we have county sheriffs who, who deal with other laws, but our game and fish laws are all um, state operated. Um, we'll have um, different regional um, offices of Game and Fish, but all the action is, um, it's not coming out of the regional office. It's all just, you know, discussed in peer on what right. to do to, you know, on, on uh, violations of game laws. So, right. but yeah. where where that where that's all set up is like Governor DeSantis is, in bed with in bed with the paving companies and in bed with the <laughs> and that's that's what it truly boils down to and that's who this these people who went in and killed this dude's pets at the end of the day all 36 35 36 all of them were pets mm -hmm. it doesn't matter they're all captive bred and born they were all locked cages they, they were all locked cages every single cage in that video i don't think Microchip. i didn't 
I didn't watch the whole video, but I'm pretty sure there wasn't a normal looking one in there. Right? Well, if it had they were all. To do with the escaped reticulated python, they could have e easily identified by trying to scan for a microchip. Yeah. Or searching for that animal in his facility, which it wasn't his animal. It was 15 miles away. I'm sorry, but That's that, that long animal distance. is not going to make it 15 miles to get into that backyard. No. A large constrictor? No way. It's getting run over. It's getting eaten by something. You know, there's there's no way that that animal's making it 15 miles down into a suburban area. Well, it's mad, mean. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. So, support U.S. Arc. Uh, yes. That's, that's uh, yeah, I mean, yes. it's something between, I haven't. Between this and the the pictures that we received from that awful breeder, it it just feels like I'm not getting a break, and it it's awful. Um, it just feels mm -hmm. like one terrible situation after another, but. I'm hoping that soon there's some some kind of light at the end of the tunnel as far as recourse for both FWC and this, this breeder. That's, that's where a... See, I came in, I was into reptiles before the Lacey Act thing, and then the Lacey Act thing hit, so this is different. This is way different. But it's still the same fight. It's yeah. just escalated now. That's it still the same fight as the Lacey Act fight was 10, 12 years ago. Yeah, it's just called a different thing there. Yeah. I mean, the whitelist is maybe the most destructive we've, thing we've seen in, in terms of animal keeping ever. What is the whitelist? So FWC, <clears throat> instead of a prohibited species list, is trying to move to a whitelist of animals that they deem uh, proper for captive um, animals. Are cats so, on there? Who, who knows? You know, it's, a, it's a very real possibility that cats don't end up on there. The dogs don't end up on there. You know, it's just I mean, they, they at that point can decide what you keep. And what particular breeds of dog you can keep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and this, yeah. this is where U.S. Arc is. Their lawsuit is fighting just the fact that FWC could even make laws like this because they're supposed to be in conservation, not in uh, captive management, right? That's, I, would, I would imagine that's, so. I don't, that's... I don't see any reason for conservation to be dealing with my captive animals. Um, yeah. If the state wants to start talking about what captive animals you can talk or keep, then that's a, that's a different subject all in its own. But I don't think that really falls under conservation. Mm -hmm. no. and that's 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 the scope of FWC at sure, the end of their it, it at the end of their last Facebook species. Uh, yeah, right. That's definitely a conservation issue. But yeah, I and mean, you should be sticking with what's affecting your state and not trying to dictate what happens around the country. Right. I mean, you know, it, with all of his animals being chipped, if they were worried that they'd get out and become an, uh, an invasive species, well. If anybody knows that their animal is chipped and it escapes, you know, they know there could be fines or whatever. You know, um, I know that's, you know, what they're setting up um, in some states is that um, all species that could, that are being sold, that could become invasive in this environment must be chipped and, you know, whatever. Because some of the zoos have to do this when they're taking on um, animals from confiscations that... Um, you know that they they microchip and 
and, and Mark and such. And, and uh, you know, from what I've heard from um, turtle keepers that have taken on a lot of these uh, fish and wildlife um, illegal confiscations. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, this comes right back to how do we avoid the, what, the, this, this all comes about because of the invasive species. Um, but, but, yeah, right. The berms, which are totally different species. And I feel like we've been keeping retics in captivity long and long enough to where if they were going to be invasive in Florida, like the berms in 1992, mind you, this is before I was born. Mm -hmm. So you would think we'd have the problem of the retics already if the retics could be a problem. Oh, we absolutely would. Yeah, that's like we have problems with iguanas. Those were in the 50s. Like we have pro like we would already have the issue. So these this species, no matter how big it gets, no matter whatever, it's not invasive in Florida at this moment. And I think it would be heavily invasive if it could be. I'm surprised they're not invasive just because they come from the same environment. You know, they, they thrive in the same kind of environment, but for whatever reason, they don't thrive in the Everglades. I'm sure that there's been retics uh, either escaped into the Everglades or released or, you know, part of Hurricane Andrew back in, in the 90s. Um, but the fact is we're not seeing wild populations of them. Hmm. Have biologists said why? Have they studied that at all? <laughs> That's something I'd have to do some research into. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah that... <clears throat> yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have heard about uh, the potential breeding pair of, I believe it's a Cuban croc pair that might be out in Florida right now. There no. Uh, shoot on site order for them. Well, how did how did they say they got there? Uh, I don't know if they were just released, if they were just someone's animals, and uh, that's that's my best guess. If we're talking about Cuban Crocs, I <laughs> don't know. In, most likely, yeah. Yeah, that's the first that I've heard of it. Person but was. I, I I know it's been one of them's been spotted, uh, but I don't believe that they've uh, captured or killed those animals. So, um, do they have a bounty on people um, bringing in invasive species, like you know the the, the green iguana and, and and the you know and the, the snakes? I mean, do they do they offer a bounty for people to catch them in the wild? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think know, the berms have. I, a I know berms bounty. have a bounty. Um, I know they were allowing people to kill the iguanas. But I don't know that there was a bounty. Mm -hmm. The iguanas you're never going to get rid of. That's too big of a problem at this point. Well, and same with the berms. If, if they've been here since the 90s, we've had all these, uh, you know, big hunts for them and, you know, financial incentives to uh, kill and bring them to the University of Florida. You know, it, we would see some kind of dent. Yeah. There's no dent. They're, they're, the population's growing rapidly. You know, they have huge clutches. There's no way that you're going to eradicate these animals. It's impossible. They're there to stay. 
you know, it just seemed, you know, that it, it's worth to keep a, a bounty up on them and feed them to the homeless. I mean, it, or, you know, it's, I mean, I, you know, if, if we, we've come across a snapper on the road that we couldn't save, so we euthanized it and ate it, you know, because we had a fishing license. And so you can catch four snappers. What, what, what was that? Four snappers a day, is it? Wow. Um, you know, and I don't go out to catch snappers to eat, but, you know, I'm not going to have its death go to waste. You know? Is that something you just go down to Walmart and get a permit for? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just your normal fishing license yeah, for fishing like twenty license. bucks or oh, wow. whatever. It's a yeah, I think it's thirty now or whatever. I, I get one every year because you know I, I'm it's I'm minimal. constantly yeah I'm constantly moving rescued turtles beyond the the, the possession of four limit. You know, it's um, especially if I you know found um, a drying pond and I'm getting all the animals out of what now is a puddle. And I'm moving them to a more permanent pond. I have a scientific collector's permit for that, but it's. Um, but then I also just buy the the fishing license and habitat license, to or habitat sticker too. <clears throat> but in case I come across, um, especially you know, a, a painted turtle, I just, you know, leave it, um, euthanize it, and leave it for the predators away from the road. And then the the snappers though that that's a, enough meat to have a, a few stir fries out of, you know? and it does not taste like chicken. <laughs> and we and we've done and we've done that with large um, uh, snakes too. You know, um, you know even and. See, but I, I think I think the whole Florida thing would bug me less, even if. And I I hate to say this because it's gonna piss somebody off because it's gonna piss everybody off because it would make me mad too even if those snakes were going for someone's boots right if they were gonna they had to euthanize them like that's the law whatever but then they were gonna like send them to a boot making company so at least like they could do something instead of just be done completely i don't know and i hate the boot thing because that's terrible I guess I just, I, I got trolled on Facebook, so I'm going to use that because I laughed. I laughed so hard. I'm like, I don't really care, dude. <laughs> but, you know, like something like, yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't know. And maybe it's well, a terrible mean, situation. It shouldn't happen, period. That's it. Yeah. Uh, that's really the end of it. Uh, yeah. When it, when it comes to some you know, animals that they've raised, you know, it, it, it's one thing to, to eat a snapper. I've just found most of them you know, are captive born too. I know, like you know, that, and most of them are high end morphs that would never survive in the wild. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's the other thing. The white, like a big uh, white snake isn't going to fare well. And even if you, if you, two of those bright white snakes got out they're probably gonna make bright white babies so guess what it's gonna be a non-issue well, at the end of the day it, it sounds to me that the game and fish was not willing to put extensions to you know um to help they made them hold them for a year before they figured it out not do an extension they had um, a whole year of extension 
Yeah, like why did they take possession of it? Sorry, and, I'm a little and, worked up. This is yeah. why I haven't talked about this. I mean, how, how do you know that they would have even shown up if Chris hadn't called them? Right. If he wouldn't comply with their their rules. Yeah. If he wouldn't have got his snakes microchipped, like if he wouldn't uh, like, that's where this goes back to the very beginning, right here on the. It made me want to quit the podcast. Because at the end of the day, it, it's not, I'm not doing anything illegal, but mm -hmm. it's just the fact of people knowing. Because clearly, once the wrong people know, it's game over in some cases, and that, that is completely disheartening well, for yeah, me and, and this hobby. Because yeah, I've, I've had a conversation with a person with Game Fish and Parks. And that I didn't want, you know, I, I wanted a couple of aquariums, one in one room, one in the other, and fish bore me. So I wanted, you know, to, to buy some turtles. I don't, I didn't want to collect from the wild because I didn't want to deal with parasites. So then I, I looked up, you know, who could I buy from? So I Googled the person and the owner to find out if there was any, you know, story of this business or the owner getting caught doing something they didn't do. And I didn't find anything. So I go, okay, so I'm buying from a reputable breeder and <laughs> hello um and <laughs> oh that's awesome <laughs> i talk mad crap about cats but that's all i had growing up because that's all my mom would allow me oh. to have so hey, my i like that cats and my parents wouldn't wouldn't do it oh man so i had to uh -huh. end the irony at some point <laughs> yeah so so anyway the the, the game and fish person goes well how i said these are captive born you know, I, I bought them as hatchlings, you know, so I, I you know, with the egg tooth and, and they go, well, well, how do you know that the, the, the parentage was not taken from the wild? And, and I go, well, he's been, you know, according to what I've read, his facility has been visited by state and federal, you know, uh, authorities looking things over and he passed. And so I go, well, <laughs> how much more of a certificate of I'm doing my due diligence on the turtles that I buy, you know? And, uh, you know, but it, it's just like um, in, a, in a previous podcast uh, uh, guest that we had, it's like you never know when you're going to get um, a person that's out of control and just arbitrarily handcuff you. You know, like this, right. this and dude that was out walking, you know, it's like, but I, what, you know, I, mean, I did that's every, what FWC yeah. could have been doing. It could have just yeah. been, a, but they won't say that. Mm -hmm. They could, you know, the easy way to sweep it under the rug would be to fire those three guys, say, oh, they fucked up, we're not going to have it happen again, we're devoted to conservation, and that would be the end of it. And the reptile community would probably, some of us would still be pissed off, but it would fizzle out over time. A I, lot faster. A lot faster than it is, because they're really not making the right moves now. Yeah. So... Well, and optics is so, so important in this industry. I mean, I don't know if either of you have been visited by your local animal control or anything like that, but, you know, mm -hmm. I had a situation arise <clears throat> just a couple years ago where, you know, I'm just trying to give my animals some enrichment in the, in the yard. Um, unfortunately, my yard in my rental is uh, street facing, and mm -hmm. I had an, an elderly neighbor who, you know, snakes scared her. I don't, I, I don't blame you for that, you know, uh, you're not used to them, sure, snakes can scare you, um, but didn't talk to me or anything, uh, we had a little pool set up in the yard, and 
I was letting the snakes kind of roam around, swim in the pool, just, you know, get, get a little bit of enrichment outside of their normal environment. And um, went out of town, came home to animal control, uh, uh, an animal control slip on my door. Oh, my. Um, luckily, when I saw the slip, I had one of my buddy's names on it, Don Benla or Belknap. He is a, a garter snake breeder out here in Utah. Uh, Brian Cusco's done a little highlight of him on Triple B TV before. But he's the lead animal control officer out here in Salt Lake. I, I believe he's moved on now, but... Um, I don't know if I would have been as lucky if I didn't have yeah. someone who bred, kept, you know, was familiar with snakes. I don't know if I would have gotten the same treatment. Um, Probably although not. my business was licensed, the state knows I'm breeding reptiles. So, you know, I, I was dotting my I's, crossing my T's, that kind of thing. But, you know, when, when animal control shows up at your house and you're dealing with animals that people view as dangerous or way too exotic for anyone to keep as a pet you get nervous I mean, yeah i was scared to hell that my my animals were going to be taken from me even though i mm -hmm. thought i was doing everything correctly well and that happened to me a, a neighbor thought i had done something against them and it was somebody else and i i had no idea you know who you know who called the police on this other neighbor and i was blamed for it. I was like why are you blaming me for it you know and and so the the neighbor who thought it was me calls i'm at work and also i get a call from my immediate neighbors who said animal controls at your place and i'm like and i you know i had horses i had you know dogs and in our dog yard is like a quarter of an acre it's it's uh, electrified so the dogs couldn't get out and dog houses um and it was it was the um um with you know buckets of water and and so animal control and my neighbor goes over there and goes you know they're at work, you know, why are you here? Well, we had a, a call that these animals aren't being housed correctly. And she goes, but, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I had this kind of setup for my dogs, you know, that luckily the animal control person saying this. So I get this call and going, yeah, they're here. And I go, why? You know, and so it's like, thank God that this person just didn't take my dogs away from us, you know, and, and, you know, then I had to find out what, you know, like, well, um, so then I called them. They well, we got a call from one of your neighbors, and I'm like, "Who?" Well, we can't share that. And that's, so I'm, I'm a, so I'm I'm involved with this this turmoil going on that was, you know, doors down from me, and it's like, you know, <laughs> and my situation was very similar. I mean, the the person that called, I they said told me the same thing. Uh, you know, I can't let you know who it was, I get that. Um, I considered putting out uh, flyers in neighbor's mailboxes, uh, inviting them over to learn about the animals. Uh, yeah. Heck yeah. But, you know, I, what he did just by parking there and hanging out with me helped a lot, but the, mm -hmm. the report he got was that I had an alligator swing in my pool and that I had snakes loose in the house. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, like who, who, uh... <laughs> oh yeah. man yeah. that's that's well and then again if you didn't have the guy who bred garter snakes in your area and you just had local huntermen uh classic huntermen 
uh, you know, you might have a totally different outcome you mean, you on mean, that. You mean Gaston? Well, people, if they're nervous about something and don't want you to continue keeping, they'll they'll make up whatever they can to, you know, try to paint a different picture of you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and yeah, and this 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 is one thing where you don't want to do the podcast anymore. You you know. Well, no, I, I, I want to feel... do the podcast. I was <laughs> I... feeling like I don't want to do the podcast because uh, of what's going yeah. on. Well, but... I feel I feel like the guy from Legends of the Fall, played by Anthony Hopkins, of like you know the screw, <laughs> you know, kind of thing of just you know just wanting to get away from humans completely. And I mean, I live fifteen miles out of you know of town. But in a small equestrian, you'd call it, um, home association where we each have three to four acres, and we can have a you know some, a couple of horses in the back and this kind of thing, and you know, um, and but yet even in 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 the the six houses that we have and neighbors here, this kind of turmoil showed up. It's like you've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. How, you know how isolated do I have to get to get away from stupid human things? <laughs> you know, it's uh. <laughs> yeah it's it's maddening <laughs> yeah. but you know and then, and now that i'm working with game and fish you know because i decided during covid what can i do you know rescuing these turtles um so far you know the, the people that i've worked directly with are, are really gems you know i'll say that and 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 maybe i've got a reputation for speaking out for against those who aren't going to be you know um you know because i was one that signed that petition on the guy who was speared by the deer and his right to shoot it and i was i wrote a letter to the editor and i you know and all this kind of stuff and i was uh one of the uh, vocal ones that helped get that guy fired you know but it's um and i've you know turned in an elk poacher so you know they maybe i you know maybe i have little stars hanging somewhere above my name that uh you're on the good wall yeah the good wall the gf (laughs) the gfp yeah yeah and so you you know picture it's all framed they got little sparkles (laughs) hanging by it well and as i've learned as i've learned in watching um uh glenn kirshner the this ex-federal um prosecutor um uh you know, when, when you show that you had no intention of breaking the law and you've done all this stuff to not break the law, um, the law goes easier on you. It's like, oh, yeah, OK, you made an honest, honest mistake and you had no idea, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you just share share all that, you know, and then, you know, we, we don't take you to task. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, good. Well, that's how I've been behaving. <laughs> and, and that's where the situation in Florida is so disheartening, right? Because he did do what yeah. he was supposed to do and and he still wasn't given any decent option in views of the reptile community mm-hmm. of a of a conservation biologist in peggy because peggy's not the reptile community um yeah. she's she's her own little branch <laughs> off there i think something um yeah <laughs> I, so, I'm, I'm a, a citizen retired you know person scientist. who yeah, scientist. Um, you know, I, I did some, you know, as, with my biology degrees, I did some game and fish work and forest service work. And then I went into laboratory and, and uh, working for a biochemist and, you know, biochemist nutrition, 
you know, that sort of stuff. But it's um, so my my year, the last time I worked for Game and Fish was back in 1980, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, but, you know, I know a lot of my classmates that I graduated with in wildlife and fisheries. But then I also went on to get you know another biology degree. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of a, an entity. <laughs> well, but, do you have any other questions on the FWC stuff, Pegs? Um, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, my mind is spinning over the whole thing. Oh, what I was going to say is, um, did, did, did he try to contact them in that year, which they took possession, but didn't know what to do with them? Did, who did he try to work with to say, Hey, give me possession back. Let me find, you know, rehome these. I mean, how, how proactive was he in bending as many ears as he could to change the situation. Um, that that's a that's a hard one to say. I uh, I know, I know for sure that within that year was, uh, I believe, the ninety days where he was allowed to liquidate the animals. That's mm -hmm. the way I understand it too. Yeah. So, in that time. He already had his animals microchipped. They they were aware of the, the the period he had to sell his animals. Um, I'm not sure if he was keeping them updated on what he had sold, uh, or if. Uh, See, I'm I'm a real community. Them yeah. Close to the deadline before the deadline right now. I'm not sure, but I know that he did contact them after the fact, trying to get an extension. Yeah, because I'm a real communication nerd, you know, it's just like, like, okay, this is the status. This is how many animals I've already sold. I just need, you know, an extension. You don't need to take even possession of these. Them still remain in my possession so that I can, you know, liquidate them. Um, you know, and, and and if I'm not getting the right answer from this person, I'm going to go higher up. Who else do I talk to? You uh, know, actually, I, I do know that uh, he he did reach out in that time. So uh, the first visit when he signed over his animals, um, he was told that he could contact them to try to get more information about uh, the grandfathering rule, and to see if he could be grandfathered in. Um, and, he reached out multiple times and never got a response from anyone. Um, the officer that showed up said that he couldn't do anything about uh, forwarding his message on about grandfathering in. So he tried everything he could do to keep these animals legally. Yeah. Why? Yeah. So they do have a grandfather rule, but they were ignoring it. I'm not sure who, if anyone, besides Perhaps. maybe AZA associ uh, Associated Zoos are... That's the that. way it seems, Pigs. Yeah. That's the way it seems. Um, there's no evidence against what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, do you have anything, Nate, left on the FWC situation that I might have left out? Let me think. Um, no, not really. I, I really think that it's important for people to go watch the body cam footage. Um make sure that you're still contacting the representatives make sure uh you're not letting this situation die out i appreciate you guys having me on and talking about this tonight just because uh it's it's just adding yeah. more fuel to our fire no uh, i i we can't go I silent about this struggled issue. yeah right i struggled deciding to do 
something like this and I did want to have you on. I did yeah, I had you on specifically for the FWC stuff, but I, I also want to I, encourage people to tune in on Friday. Um we released it for early access today for our Patreon members, but we did um an episode just last week about the morph market bands and ethical breeding and keeping practices that I think are going to be very important moving forward, uh, especially with reticulated pythons. So I highly encourage anyone who's has a retic, any kind of large constrictor, uh, to watch that episode. And if you're thinking about getting into these animals and want to do it responsibly, uh, the retic lounge is a, a decent uh, start for people looking for information about how to keep these things safely. There is some awesome information in your guys' podcast. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I appreciate, I appreciate being able to listen to people talk while I'm at work instead of only <laughs> music. So, yeah, me too. You know, so I, thank I you. I go towards comedy uh, just because <laughs> I, I fill my entire life with reptile stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I try to support everyone's podcast a little bit, but, you know, everyone needs a break sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no, I took a, I seriously took a solid week and a half just no podcasts i listened to yours and uh, the fwc episode that you guys did um and it took me two days which (laughs) is not normal (laughs) it took me one morning and i stopped and i came home and kelly yelled at me (laughs) because i was very cranky and she's like what's wrong with you why are you so cranky uh, yeah. 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 I finish the episode, same thing the next day. Like, I leave fine in the morning, but oh, no. So, I'm glad I, we had you on to talk about this because I, I wanted to make my stance, but I didn't know how to quite do it. I didn't know I, if I, I wanted to way, you know? do I it mean, on yeah. this format or in a just yeah. a, like an Instagram live, but that's not permanent. No. Um, so. Thank yeah. you for coming on and doing this and yeah. helping me through my little rough patch. No, this is helping yeah. me through it too. Uh, you know, it's 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 been a tough year. Uh, just there's a lot that's happened personally and just within the industry, and it's it's nice to be able to to talk to people about it, kind of air out what what we're thinking, and you know, it's it's extremely important, no matter how big or small our platforms are, to get this information out there and just you know flood flood the market yeah well what about there was a question i had the destruction of his property a hundred thousand dollars you know of 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 his live property was destroyed without it being legal Mm -hmm. or their right to destroy is he going to you know have that a civil suit uh, there, there is a there is legal action being sought against FWC. Um, there is a GoFundMe that is currently posted by Caitlin Coffee, uh, daughter of Chris Coffee. So uh, I highly encourage people to donate to that. I, like I said, I work in the hair industry. Uh, the the hair space that I work in, uh, we're kind of unique here in Salt Lake, and we're priced uh, to be able to pay our bills, so we don't do tipping. Uh, so mm-hmm. anytime anyone asks uh, for a tip, in the past it's all been forwarded on to US Arc, but the last cool. few weeks I've been 
I've been unfortunately sending that GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so awesome. Any time you can get people to donate to US Arc, US Arc Florida, uh, obviously they have the free membership now. The membership numbers are very important. Obviously, they can use all the funding they can get with their legal battles going on with FWC, with the Chris Coffee situation, and the prohibited species and whitelist situations going on there. So I, I just encourage people, if you can, donate, uh, show your support in numbers, and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, let's just be supportive of Chris. He's gone through some crazy trauma. Yeah. I can imagine this is going to affect him his whole life. Um, I, who knows if he ever keeps reptiles again. I, I don't know if I would be feeling up to yeah. it so yeah i uh, uh, send, send love chris's way for sure he needs all the support we can get okay thank you yeah um three wrap-up questions okay. <laughs> um unless you have anything else peggy no i okay. bet yeah just double checking um <laughs> all right if you could keep anything extinct not extinct size requirement doesn't matter money doesn't matter but you have to keep a colony of it and breed it and produce it what would you what would you keep yeah so uh mine is not extinct uh anyone who knows me in this community knows i'm very picky i don't buy a lot of animals i keep what i like to keep and keep it small uh the only thing that i'm looking to keep outside of reticulated pythons are uh Varanus macrae, so blue tree monitors. Ooh. Uh, yeah. lo- uh, there's a local uh, serpentarium here that uh, does captive born and bred uh, blue tree mm. monitors, which is very hard to find. So That's I feel really like I'm cool. set up to keep them eventually. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> if you had any advice for anyone new coming in, this can be retic related, this can be just general hobby related, doesn't matter just one piece of advice for someone new to keeping reptiles what would that piece of advice be number one thing is do your research Uh, but beyond do your research make sure it's an animal that you are just super passionate about Um, it's hard to always know right off the bat like I said I started with ball pythons I loved my ball pythons for years and then when I ran into my mentor Richard Bilbo and got introduced to hands-on with super dwarf reticulated pythons it was just one of those things i i knew right away that that was the species i was supposed to keep um so yeah just be incredibly passionate about what you're keeping Mm -hmm. in the end of the day these are these are living animals and we need to treat them with some respect Mm -hmm. so it it can't be something that you, you forget about or you know don't have the passion for so you just want to get rid of it kind of a thing even my ball pythons, I, I loved them till the day I gave them up, and I made sure that they went to a breeder who was going to, you know, utilize them for what I was going to utilize them for. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice, nice, nice. So, um, do you have kids? I do not. Okay. Um, well, there's a show on PBS. <laughs> it's called uh, it's called the Wild Kratts. The Crap Brothers, uh oh, from Zabumafu in it. Okay. If you remember Zabumafu, uh, yeah. The 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 guys from Zabumafu created. They got old, 
they did a <laughs> they did an animated series. So their thing is is creatures have powers. Like spiders can climb on walls. And bats can fly or see with sound. What would your creature power be? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. Isn't it? <laughs> Thank you, Wild Kratz, for that. I appreciate the great question. Okay, well... That that's tough. Um, yeah, I really don't know. I mean, see, usually the first question stumps the people, and we have this awkward long pause. <laughs> you had it figured out, so I'm glad we got one with an awkward pause. That's good. We need that. Really, that one's tough. I really don't know. I mean, flight seems the most freeing for sure. Mm. So I mean, flight could be cool, but is there? Is there a creature that can jump from one location to the next like a transporter? <laughs> well, if you were if you were human sized and a jumping spider, you could probably jump pretty far. Okay. So uh, I don't know. I don't even know the answer to my I mean, own questions. Like, uh, even just a human sized spider monkey, so you can just be like flying around the trees and stuff. Right. That would yeah. be fun. <laughs> Little jungle boy. <laughs> It'd be cool to be like a snake, though, like to be able to eat once a month. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like food too much. No, I, yeah. I like I like food too, but at, at some point it becomes a hassle. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> not all the time, but a uh, cost a cost hassle. The way I have to eat with well, my you, yeah. yeah. If you only had to eat once a month, you'd be saving yeah. a whole hell of a lot of money. I what what, what diet? Yeah, what diet did my doctor have me on? It's the uh, um, uh, autoimmune protocol no nightshades no seed lectins so that means no seed nuts and grains no gluten and no dairy wow. <laughs> so i eat vegetables fruit and meat <laughs> hey that's great so, though <laughs> yeah so that's why i eat snapper <laughs> <laughs> dang it i can eat something <laughs> oh well nate thank you for coming on our podcast yes uh, it's something i do enjoy so don't think i'm gonna quit because i'm not <laughs> we've made it past the point of most people quitting yep. we're at 16 so like it's gonna be here I, it might slow down from once a once a week's hard man it is I, that's that's how we run our podcast but oh. honestly it's great because it keeps the fire under you it, yeah. it does it does my issue is scheduling at this point in time mm -hmm. I just because you I have a baby. Six days a week, and then yeah. have Ooh, the I have podcast a on top of it. So, trust me, I get the yeah. whole scheduling thing. But no. you know, it's it's again a passion thing. So, mm -hmm. I enjoy. I, I make it. time for my passions. Yes. Right. Right. That's that's where I'm at with this. So don't take what I said at the beginning. If you've made it this far, <laughs> my yeah. God! If you've made it this far, do not take what I said at the beginning as I'm quitting my podcast and this is the end, because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um Nate, thanks again for coming on. Uh where can people find you? Yeah, so like I said, I have a, a clutch that's just about to hatch in the next handful of days. So yeah, we'll talk here in a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> find me at uh Cats Reptiles on uh Instagram. You can find me under Nathan Cats on Facebook. Uh reach out anywhere. Uh Cats Reptiles on Morph Market and then of course Lucas and Lucas and I, uh, we run the Retic Lounge. We're almost a year into it, so nice. Uh, that very, is fun. Very, very proud of you yeah. know just making it this far. 
uh, the responses we've gotten and, you know, just being able to help people, you know, uh, through their their first purchase of a retic is just super cool. Uh, I, I wish I would have had some of the support that uh, some of these new keepers get. Yeah. Cool. I'm very glad that there's someone, some people doing it right in the retic community who people can reach out to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough. Not everyone's accessible. No. Yeah. That that's very true, and. One quick tangent. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever felt this way, Nate, but I don't talk to people about snakes unless I'm going to actually buy a snake from them mm-hmm. or I'm really on the edge of buying a snake from them. <laughs> so, so like, and I think this is caused by Owen McIntyre on NPR and my past 10 years of my life listening to him say, don't talk to me unless you're buying something. <laughs> Don't waste my time. No, I, which, I want you to talk to me. Even which, if you're curious. which, yeah, no, which retic people like you need that. Like that is yeah. that is. It is not venomous snake status, but it is not ball python. No, you're and still, it is in between those. Very much working with an animal that can cause bodily harm. Yes. And, yeah. There's no. So. There's no dancing around that. Yeah, super. I'm too not. chicken. <laughs> That's okay, I'll just, Peggy. I'll just stay with little turtles. <laughs> That's okay, Peggy. Oh, well, we will. Uh, if well, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> have a good day, night, evening, whenever you're listening. We will catch you all again next week, right here on Herp Talk Radio. Good night. Night.